It feels wild to even say this, but the NCAA cloud that has been hovering over the University of Louisville basketball program for many years now is finally gone. On today's episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast, we're going to tell you why the IARP got it right. The penalties against Louisville weren't too harsh. I felt like they were definitely justified, but I think that the IARP got the decisions right for a variety of different reasons, and we're going to talk about those on today's episode of the show, plus more. So with that being said, stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. want to take this time to say thank you all for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the show is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every day. The IARP got the decision right. Um, the Louisville basketball 2017 case that involved uh, former Cardinal Brian Bowen. The decision has finally been given on Thursday, and Louisville dodged some major penalties, but that was the right decision from the IARP. We'll explain that soon. I um, also want to talk about uh, Louisville basketball getting a 2024 commitment from uh, point guard uh, TJ Robinson. And then the final segment, we will preview the upcoming football matchup against James Madison for this weekend. Um, before we start, I do want to apologize for uh, the lack of content over the past um, week. I know that since Monday there hasn't been any episodes. I do apologize. Um, a busy schedule uh, mixed in with some um, uh, just kind of feeling under the weather uh, symptoms, things of that nature, uh, kind of prevented some episodes being recorded. But we are back today, and wow, what a uh, what a list of things that there are to talk about. And beginning with the main news, and that is the IARP finally delivering its decision. Um, and wow, it feels so surreal to even talk about this because we've been waiting for this for over five years. Uh, when it initially came out in the fall of 2017, um, you know, a lot of Louisville fans were scared. They thought that you know, with, with uh, Rick Pitino and Tom Jurich getting fired, um, you know, maybe the next couple of seasons were, were going to be rough because a new head coach, um, you know, some sanctions down the road. But I don't think anybody ever truly believed that it was going to take this long. Um, but regardless, the IARP decision is final. It was given on Thursday, and it was the right decision. Mainly, the Cardinals missed out on a postseason ban. That is the big storyline. Uh, on top of that, uh, some of the sanctions include a $5,000 fine. Um, the violations were a single level one and the rest were level threes. That includes um, the sanctions that were, or I'm sorry, the allegations, I should say, the allegations uh, that were rumored to be level twos against Chris Mack just uh, a year ago. Got to move to being level threes. Um, former assistants Kenny Johnson and Jordan Fair both given a two-year show calls. Um, Rick Pitino and Chris Mack 
did not get punished at all. There's going to be some recruiting sanctions um, and limitations when it comes to official visits, um, unofficial visits, um, a two-year probation period, uh, so on and so forth, but mainly minor uh, penalties, which I believe is the right decision for two reasons. Number one, time served. Number two, the case against Louisville was still very questionable at the very least. Um, starting with time served, like I mentioned, I don't think any Louisville fan truly believed that it was going to take over five years to get a ruling on this matter. Granted, Louisville was on probation during the time from the uh, Andre McGee scandal with um, in back in 2016 that ultimately led the Cardinals to self-imposing a postseason ban in that 2016 season. Um, a year and a half later, this news comes out. Uh, Brian Bowen, uh, among multiple other recruits um, that were were recruited by multiple other schools, Louisville was not the only school um, you know, involved in this scandal. But Louisville was definitely affected the most. Um, I believe I read something, and this might not be true, but I I don't think that many of the players outside of Bowen didn't play in college. I think Bowen might be the only one that you know really, really, truly suffered from this because it seemed like the other players mentioned in that um, FBI wiretap situation they went on to play in college. Um, now, granted, those programs have either faced. Um, you know, punishment or are still waiting to face punishment. But Brian Bowen really, really, um, you know, got the short end of the stick here. And I do feel for Bowen um, because I, I think that, you know, this directly altered his career. Now, granted, he is um, he's still in the professional ranks. He's playing, I believe, is in the G League. I could be wrong, but I felt like he was playing for Fort Wayne at one time. Um, maybe also with the Pacers because that's their um, G League affiliate. But regardless, um, I felt like Louisville got most of the punishment here. Granted, they were on probation. They were the only program on probation. So that does make sense. That probably led a lot of people to believe that, hey, um, you know, this is going to be a rough um you know, this is going to be a rough time when it comes to sanctions. And with how the NCAA handled the initial uh, scandal with the uh, Andre McGee situation, I think that, um, you know, a lot of global fans, pretty much all global fans, didn't have a lot of hope coming into this situation because Louisville had gotten the hammer while other programs have basically um, kind of gotten away with a little slap on the wrist um, for violations that seemingly would be as severe as what Louisville was um, being punished with. But regardless, five years. And since then, when Chris Mack was hired and now with Kenny Payne, recruiting has taken a huge hit from this. Um, people will say, oh, well, it's, it's, it's shoe money or it's NIL. And those might play a factor, but don't believe for a second that Louisville was not being, uh, they weren't being recruited against by using the whole NCAA cloud over their head. I 
have heard it, you know, multiple times in press conferences and um, from Chris Mack. You know, he said it on Twitter on Thursday. Uh, Kenny Payne said it as well. The NCAA cloud had a huge um, effect on recruiting, and that's one of the reasons why I think that this penalty or these sets of penalties were were probably necessary and that there weren't any major sanctions because Louisville's spent five years suffering for this. Number two, number two is the case itself. You can argue the legitimacy of the case, um, you know, what they found in court and how basically uh, Adidas defrauded the University of Louisville, but the NCAA was still saying, no, you're still not off the hook, which, you know, that made a lot of Louisville fans mad. That's why there wasn't a lot of optimism surrounding this, but the IARP had made it um, their point to not punish the school, but instead punish those involved. And it was very telling that Chris Mack and, most importantly, Rick Pitino were not punished. So that makes you led to believe that um, the lack of institutional control was a – uh, something that um, had the IARP been over this case from the beginning, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Louisville doesn't fire a Hall of Fame coach and a tremendous athletic director. But, hey, that's in the past. At this point in time, um, I'm glad that um, this is now in the past and we can look forward to the future. We can turn the page, uh, which is fantastic. Um, I'm extremely hopeful for the future, especially under Kenny Payne and Josh Hurd. Um, I do hope that the banner gets brought back. And the amount of people that don't understand that Louisville fans know that the banner being taken away wasn't because of the Brian Bowen situation. It's now uh, a matter of what more can the NCAA do now that you aren't under the microscope again? Yeah, what more can the NCAA do for you hanging up a, up a banner when you're not um, you know, under an active case? So you would think people would understand it, but... I, I guess not. But regardless, I'd like to see the banner brought back. I would like to see the university uh, reconcile their relationships with both Rick Pitino and Tom Jurich uh, for their um, outstanding work over multiple decades. Um, but I am extremely excited for Kenny Payne and Josh Hurd. I think that these penalties were um, they were necessary. I, I think that you know being on probation, you, you have to receive some type of a punishment. I think that it were uh, recruiting uh, limitation, um, you know, a fine, and in another set, another uh, another two years of probation. I'm sorry, I was going to say another set of probation, but that doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, missing the postseason ban was the biggest part for Louisville, and I think that the IARP followed the precedents that they had set. Um, you know, they had. You know, had other programs on the docket that were um, being tried for their cases, and they ruled that we're not going to punish the university, we're going to punish those involved. Well, I think it's very telling that neither Louisville nor Rick Pitino were punished. True, truly, I mean, I mean, Louisville was punished, but not in the way that many were thinking. So, uh, a huge, uh, I mean, just a huge thing for Louisville to, today or Thursday. I'm sorry, I can't even speak. It's just, I, I, it's so weird to me that I'm talking about this because we've been waiting so long for this. Um, needless to say, um, the target off of Louisville's back is finally gone. They can recruit without having one hand tied behind their back, and they don't have to miss a postseason for it. So, 
Uh, we'll now transition over into a recent basketball commit that was um, uh, pledged his commitment this week in point guard TJ Robinson of the 2024 class. We'll talk about what he brings to the table here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. Um, I'm going with Duke quarterback Riley Leonard, higher than 50 and a half rushing yards against Boston College, and I'm going Drake May, lower than 302 and a half passing yards against Virginia. So essentially how it works is you pick two to five players across any team, not just the Cardinals, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Deposit $100, and you can get your uh, money back, get your $100 back by signing up with the promo code Locked On. That's all one word. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play. That's Underdog Fantasy with the promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So recently, um, this past week, 2024 point guard TJ Robinson became the first member of the 2024 recruiting class for Kenny Payne and the Louisville Cardinals, currently ranked as the 156th best player in the 24-7 sports composite. Um, He is ranked as a three-star, the 26th best point guard, and the sixth best prospect in the state of New Jersey. Um, Up there has connections to Purvis Ellison, um, plays at Immaculate Conception High School uh, in Montclair, New Jersey. Six foot four point guard. Um, also had um, offers from Georgetown, Kansas State, LSU, um, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, but mainly Louisville came into this recruitment, and it seems like this is a recruitment to where they are banking on um, T.J. Robinson's stock to increase. Over the next year, um, when I watch his film, uh, you can kind of see it in terms of being sort of a late bloomer, uh, busting onto the scene um, in AAU play. I think that he has a solid ability to lead offenses with his, uh, you know, his overall court vision, um, a solid shooting mechanical form as well. There's not any um, uh, concerning mechanical issues with his shooting form. Does a good job of taking it to the basket. I've been impressed with his ability to uh, fight through contact and finish at the rim. Um, I think that, like, um, I think that, like, when it gets to uh, running the offense in the half court and running it in transition, I, I think that he does a good job in, in both realms, right? I think that uh, when it's in the half court, I think he does a good job of utilizing pick and rolls, and in, in the um, in the transitional um, department, I think that he does a good job with his athleticism. Not to mention being six foot four, um, that's very solid size for uh, a point guard, and I think that he translates as a true 
uh, one at the next level, uh, a true point guard at the collegiate level, does a good job of um, just overall finding the uh, mismatches on the court. I think that he does a good job of surveying the court, uh, utilizing the pick and roll to his advantage, whether that's to create offense for himself or create mismatches for his teammates. Um, I think once he continues to um, you know, add more muscle to his frame, uh, being 160 pounds, I think that once he adds muscle to his frame, he's going to be even more um, effective at the rim. Also projects to be a solid shooter uh, as well from behind the arc. He said this in an interview with um, On3. Um, the coaching staff at Louisville really stood out to me with them having multiple coaches coming from winning programs with almost an all NBA staff, it showed me how different they were from other colleges from the first conversation with Coach Kenny Payne. It was great. He is very honest and wants you to get to the next level, so he'll push you and help you get to help you get there as much as he can. I believe in Coach Payne, and I don't believe I would find any coaching staff like Louisville, so that's ultimately why I chose them. Um, like I said, had a very solid showing in the Nike EYBL circuit this past um, summer. Um, had a pretty, pretty big game in the, um, Indianapolis circuit when he had a 32 point performance. Um, shout out to, um, Matt McGavick and, um, Louisville Sports Illustrated for pointing that out. But I think that this is a recruit for Louisville that I think could definitely rise into the top 100, according to a couple of recruiting insiders and analysts over, um, the country basically have said that Robinson, you know, going into his junior season could definitely um, rise up the recruiting ranking. So people will look at this recruitment and think, oh, it's a three star. It's he's outside of the top 150. That's very true. Um, as highly um, ranked as some of the prospects that Louisville are in on. In the 2024 class, I don't mind this commitment because I think that um, you know Kenny Payne, Nolan Smith, Danny Manning, and company have also been very adamant that they're all about development as well. And um, until uh, Louisville shows me and this coaching staff shows me that they're unable to develop players, which that hasn't seemed to be the case. Obviously, they haven't coached an actual game yet, so you can't make that assumption no matter how much people want to um put the cart before the horse and make um you know make assumptions and make um decisions when a game hasn't already been played um I don't mind this recruitment because I think that Robinson could definitely end up as a top 100 prospect in the 2024 class so um but for the rest of the show I want to Transition over into football. I haven't done a great job of previewing this upcoming matchup against James Madison, so we are going to cram in a lot of information into one segment. But before we do that, I want to say thank you all for making Locked on Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked on Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. The Louisville Cardinals one victory away from bowl eligibility. Uh, five and three on the season winners of their last three contests. They will take on a James Madison team that was ranked after winning their first five games, a win including uh, over Appalachian State. However, the past two games they have lost 
45 to 38 at Georgia Southern, and 26 to 12 against Marshall. Uh, the Cardinals come into this matchup currently a seven and a half point favorite over the Dukes, and obviously one went away from bowl eligibility. What's at stake in this game? Well, I don't think I have to spell it out. I just said it. Bowl eligibility. Another game closer to Scott Satterfield securing a year five in his tenure here at the University of Louisville. Um, I still think that even maybe more needs to be done because it is going to be about how you finish this season. But also, getting to bowl eligibility was something that if you would have asked many people after that loss against Boston College, what's the percentage that you believe Louisville would be bowl eligible? Most people would probably say about 20%. Granted, Louisville did take care of business against Virginia. They beat Pittsburgh. They took care of Wake, especially in, in the dominant fashion in which they did. But James Madison, despite losing their past two games, despite uh, Louisville seemingly trending in the right direction, James Madison maybe uh, trying to snap a losing skid, the Dukes are still... Um, very formidable competition. Um, they do not get rattled against Power 5 teams. Um, they don't get rattled in hostile environments. Their home environment is pretty solid as well. They're a team that plays extremely hard. Um, they have a solid offense, averaging almost 40 points per game, um, nearly 500 yards of offense per game. Uh, that's 287 passing, 194 rushing per contest. They're giving up uh, just under 300 yards per game. Now, granted, Sometimes you have to take this with a grain of salt because they haven't played a Power 5 team on their schedule this season, although they do have a win over Appalachian State. Um, you know, James Madison is still a solid team that you, Louisville should win this game for sure. If they don't, that is a huge disappointment, uh, especially being you know a favorite you know by over a touchdown. But you have to handle business. This is not a game that you can come in and uh, commit – over 100 yards of penalties, or turn the ball over multiple times. I mean, you have to stay the course. You have to do what has been working. So the keys to the game, it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep sending the house. Keep sending the pass rush. Um, it's. I believe I read James Madison's quarterback was questionable, although I believe that um, – I believe that Todd, I think it's Centeo. I could be wrong if I'm saying that incorrectly. Please forgive my ignorance. But uh, uh, Todd Centeo, who's got 17 touchdowns to four interceptions on the year, is a solid quarterback. But James Madison does a lackluster job of protecting the quarterback. Um, and obviously Louisville being the number one team in the country in sacks, sack yardage, one of the best teams in tackles for loss. They've been putting that on full display for the past few weeks. That's the main key to the game. Stay the course. If it's not broke, do not fix it. Keep sending the house. Keep forcing James Madison to um, defend your pass rush because that's what's helped this secondary get got better. Now, granted, I think allowing Quincy Riley and MJ Griffin to play more snaps and have a bigger role has has been huge. Um Playing Keytrail Clark more so on the boundary has been huge. Um, but I think it's it's also mainly getting after the quarterback. Um, I think for James Madison, um, after the pass rush, the second key to the game is 
also kind of a recurring issue, and that is limiting the big plays. Um, you know, there weren't many last week, but Pittsburgh, there were a couple big plays. Now, granted, Louisville's defense um, was able to bend but not break. A couple big plays against Boston College. Uh, it's about limiting the big plays. If you can force James Madison to, you know, have to grind out offensive drives just to get points, um, that's definitely going to help. Offensively speaking for Louisville, um, it's just continuing to get better. Um, essentially trying to get the passing game going early. I think that that kind of helps the overall flow of the offense because it sets up the run. And when the run's working, the play action pass is also big. Um, read pass options are a big portion of this offense, uh, but setting up that passing aspect of it, if you can get uh, the passing game going early, that would be huge defensively here. Um, the player to watch here for the Louisville Cardinals. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Quincy Riley. Quincy Riley was the nation's defensive back of the week. Um, received that honor this past week. Um, had two interceptions. I think that this is a huge opportunity for him to continue to build on that momentum. I think he's one of the more talented defensive backs in the ACC. I truly do believe that, and I think that he could have another big game on Saturday. Offensively, Tyon Evans adds a different dynamic to this Louisville offense. We saw that 52-yard rushing touchdown against Wake Forest, uh, putting the Cardinals up by 13, over 100 yards on just 11 carries. Granted, that touchdown um, accounted for a bunch of that. Still, Tyon Evans healthy makes a big difference here for Louisville. So I think that Louisville ends up winning this game. I think that it's probably going to be, I'm going to say, a 17-point victory. I'm going to go 34-17. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a lot closer because James Madison definitely could keep this game within reach. It's going to be on Louisville to set the tone early and try to take away all of James Madison's momentum throughout the first portion of the game and have a consistent uh, performance from the first quarter to the fourth. Um, but that's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the show. Um, want to also shout out locked on sports today again, um, no better way to check that out, um, on the biggest stories, the biggest games, so on and so forth on YouTube, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, the same place you get locked on Louisville, which is free on all streaming services. Uh, thanks again, uh, for being patient with the lack of content this week. Let's go cards. Let's get to bowl eligibility. We'll see you right back here on Monday.